0: hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of student section i'm your host jack duffy i am a football beat writer for the red and black which is the student newspaper at the university of georgia i am joined by my co-host as always michael hull the the football beat writer for the independent florida alligator student newspaper at the university of florida and michael it is the big week it is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party man how you doing this week michael
1: you know, it's the game we've been looking forward to since the start of this podcast.
0: Um, yeah.
1: It's Rivalry Week. It's Florida-Georgia Week. Georgia-Florida.
0: Georgia-Florida. It's
1: Florida-Georgia. Florida. It's, Florida, Georgia. I, I, it's a common mistake. It happens all the time. Um, no, but it's Florida-Georgia is Florida. a band.
0: It's a band. Georgia-Florida is a
1: it, football game. It's that game in Jacksonville. That 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 is happening. Um, <laughs> I was more excited for it before the season than I am now. Fair. Yeah. Um, objectively it'll be a very fun game to go to the Florida fan in me may die a little bit but you know (laughs) what I'm excited to talk about it
0: absolutely and we're going to dive into that a little bit more uh in just a second uh but first we're going to talk a little bit about week eight I mean if there was ever a time for the Georgia Florida game to come and, and you know Be relevant. It was this week because last week there wasn't many games. This week's there's not many games, so all we get to talk about this week is Georgia Florida. But we're gonna talk about two games in particular. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, We're gonna we're gonna um, talk about two games from last week. Uh, LSU went to Ole Miss, taking on Ole Miss, the Lane Train, Uh, and you know this game looked like LSU was just mentally checked out the entire way. I want to hear your thoughts, Michael, on what you thought of Ole Miss and this LSU team.
1: I mean, yeah, like you said, it just looked like LSU was mentally checked out. They were down 31-7 at one point. It ended 31-17, so, like, they made it closer, but it wasn't a contest. Um, Ty Davis-Price came back down to earth a little bit. He only had 53 yards on 17 carries instead of, what, 300? had 300 yards against Florida. Yeah. Um. Yeah. so he did not. He was not prime Leonard Fournette anymore, um, you know. And Matt Corral didn't even have to do that much. He only had 185 yards um, and a touchdown, but he was 18 of 23, really efficient. Um, yeah, like Ole Miss did what they were supposed to do. They won this game handily. I think that's about all you can say about it. LSU's clearly checked out. I mean, when your head coach is already fired, but he's still coaching. I don't, I don't know how you play with that. Like, I, it doesn't make sense to me.
0: I, yeah, I, this is the LSU I expected to show up against Florida. And obviously, uh, of course, LSU is going to look like world beaters against Florida. I'm sure that's how you feel, Michael, with the way their showing happened. But this week, I I really thought this is truly who LSU was. And and Ole Miss is looking like the number two team in the SEC West, in my opinion, they, they really took care of business and this wasn't really a contest. It uh, Matt Corral, like you said, only had to throw for 185 yards. He, he was very efficient, 18 for 23. Um, Snoop Connor had a really good game on the, uh, on the ground, 117 yards, averaging eight yards a carry. I mean, uh, everything that offense was doing, they're clicking at all, all levels. And uh that defense too. It was serviceable. It held them to, like you said, seven points for most of this game. Obviously they scored 10 late, but Ole Miss looks like a really good team. And I, I think they're a New Year Six team at this moment. Um, it's very interesting to see where LSU goes from here because uh, there's not a whole lot of wins left on their schedule. If I remember correctly, what their schedule looks like. It doesn't look like it's There's not much, a fun schedule. It's not. No. I know they still have to play Bama. Mm-hmm. They still have – I'm, I'm kind of blanking here. They do, uh, Have they played Texas – no, they still have to play Texas A&M.
1: Yeah, Bama and A&M. Um, Arkansas still. Yeah. Which doesn't look as scary as it did, but it's still a tough matchup. Yeah. Yeah, they go – they have a bye week this week. Then they get Bama, Arkansas – L.A. Monroe, and then AM to finish off the season. So three losses. And who, who even knows what happens against L.A. Monroe? But <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: the Louisiana team gonna is going to show rough, up.
1: It's going to be a rough month for for Tiger fans.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, at least they'll have, like, a new head coaching regime to look forward to, knowing that, wow, this season's probably going to end poorly, that there's going to be new blood coming into the program. They're going to get – Uh, a new direction and and I think they'll probably make the right choice with head coach. Obviously we don't know who that's going to be yet, Uh, but yeah, still some bright hope for some LSU fans that are going to struggle for the rest of the season. Uh, And then the other SEC game, Alabama, Tennessee, which this was a blowout on paper, but it seemed a lot closer If you go for the first three and a half quarters of this game, Michael, what do you think about Tennessee's performance against Alabama?
1: I mean, they, they didn't only, they held their own, like you said, for three and a half quarters. I mean, this was a touchdown game going into the fourth. Um, I will say I think my biggest winner from the weekend was Georgia because if Bama shows up in Atlanta, like presumably in Atlanta, um, and plays in the first half like they did against Tennessee, Georgia is going to blow them out. Like they were trailing Tennessee 14-7 to at the end of the first. Um, Now, if that team that showed up in the fourth quarter that outscored Tennessee 28-7 to shows up for the Tide, then it will be a competitive game. But, um, yeah, this kind of just uh, confirmed what I already thought of Bama, is that they're still Alabama, they're still a good team, but they're not like the Alabama that we've seen in years past
0: yeah absolutely and i i think tennessee let this game kind of get away from them in the fourth quarter and, and largely in part to the fact that they couldn't really run the ball well against alabama uh you have to have all facets of your game going at on all levels to be able to beat alabama and and tennessee just didn't have that hendon hooker looked really well though like really good Three for 282 yards and three touchdowns like he really impressed me this week um but the fact that you can't run the ball, I feel like Bama is able to get the ball back more, more than often than not. And you look at that offense in the fourth quarter and they're able to just put up points like nothing. Um, but like you said, you know, uh, if Bama shows up like they did in the first half, I think a lot of teams in the sec could beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like uh, the fact that Tennessee was leading. I, I, I didn't really expect that. And they kept it close all the way through the, the halfway through like the fourth quarter. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what to think of this Alabama team because you kind of don't know who's going to show up and, yeah. and that's going to be the most interesting thing for the rest of the season, even before the SEC championship game. Cause Alabama still got some tough, tough games on their schedule mm-hmm. um, before that. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Do we, do we want to talk about what happened to Vandy? <laughs>
0: Man, I, I I feel very bad. I like that was I, not good.
1: <laughs> I, I, I take it on myself, I think, because I pointed it out last week. I was like, hey, you know, Mississippi State just They're got not great. Off,
0: you yeah, know?
1: who knows what can happen, but for, 45 to 6 is bad.
0: It's not Eight, good.
1: No. no. <laughs> uh, we uh, we're rooting for you, Vandy.
0: Mizzou this week. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a winnable game, I think.
1: Big game for who is in the cellar of the SEC. Um, so, you know, between that and Florida, Georgia, it's really just a great slate.
0: A great slate of SEC East action. I honestly, like, if I'm making a bold prediction now, I think Vanderbilt beats Missouri. I'm Vanderbilt. predicting yeah. a win. I'm predicting a win for the Commodores this week. Missouri has not impressed me at all. So I, I'm how much uh,
1: Guess how much those tickets are going for.
0: Uh, let me guess—like five dollars again. <laughs> uh, let's go. dollars. So yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a bigger seller than the UConn game. So
1: that's true. Yeah. That 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 it—that's improvement.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I guess now transitioning to week nine, we have the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Yeah. And Michael, Michael, how how are you feeling early on in this week about this? Game?
1: Okay, I'm very excited for this game i um, very excited to go to Jacksonville. The atmosphere is unlike anything else. I've been able to go each of the last two years. Obviously last year was weird with COVID, um, but 2019, my freshman year, it was the best like game day experience I've ever had. Um, just seeing that stadium, the half red and black, half orange and blue, there's nothing like it. Um, but there's been talk of people wanting it to be like a home and home series, which would be cool. I don't think you can take that game out of Jacksonville. I'm so excited to go back there. The the game itself. I'm not feeling super (laughs) confident. Um, I talked with, um, the football writer from the red and black, um, your friend Stuart for an article, um, for know your enemy article that the alligator does probably be published. Um, by the time this this podcast comes out. So be sure to look at that. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I'm not feeling confident. Georgia is super good. Um, They are far and away the best team in the country, head and shoulders above the rest of the playoff teams, in my opinion. Um, That defense is probably the best we've seen since those old Miami teams. Um, And Stetson Bennett slash JT Daniels have done enough to inspire enough confidence in that offense. They've got a good running game, they're great up front on both sides. Meanwhile, Florida just gave up over 300 yards rushing to LSU and Dan Mullen can't decide on a quarterback. Um, There's no reason that this game should be less than three touchdowns in favor of Georgia, Um, but it's Florida, Georgia, weird things happen. Mullen plays up to his opponents. So who knows? I'm excited though.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's going to be interesting. The fact that you're probably going to see four different quarterbacks play this Saturday, you're going to have Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels sharing snaps and also Emery Jones and Anthony Richardson taking uh, some snaps under center. And as the Georgia writer, I don't like I, I know I've been on the I don't like Stetson Bennett train, but he has gotten the job done this season so far. I'm a little bit nervous because of what happened last year with Florida and how Stetson performed. Obviously they hurt his shoulder uh, and he came back in. He wasn't as sharp. Um, So there was a little bit of injury there in that performance, but it it makes me hesitate because I think Florida's defense is going to throw a lot of things that might confuse him. Like they're going to throw a lot of schemes and blitzes that might actually confuse Stetson and, and probably force him into some mistakes. And if that's the case, then Georgia is actually in for a close matchup, I think, because if Florida is able to get some turnovers, get some sacks, get, get Georgia's offense off the field, which is easier said than done, but also Florida is like a top 25 team in terms of rushing the quarterback, getting sacks. So I I think that's a, a big matchup to look out for. I think that's going to be an interesting match because like I said, Stetson's been able to get the job done if he's been comfortable. If you make Stetson uncomfortable, I don't know that he can do it. I don't know that he can make throws that he needs to make. And that's why I want to see JT as well, because I think JT is more prone to being able to make good decisions <laughs> under pressure, yeah. although you haven't seen him in four games or so. So he's going to have some rust.
1: Yeah, has Kirby given any um... – any hints about like where he may be leaning for which quarterback starts or anything like that?
0: He has not said anything about which quarterback start. He's, he's been using coach speak and and smoke screens all week long. He's, he's been like, you know, whoever practices better is going to be the one that starts and one who plays and, and he's literally like all week said, Oh yeah, JT and Stetson have practiced very well. They said, so he's like, you know, whoever practices better is the one that's going to start. But they're both practicing really, really well. So um, we're just kind of in a, a really good spot, apparently, at quarterback. But I don't, I don't know how it's going to play out. I think what they're going to end up doing is how they played the UA, or the South Carolina game is one quarterback going to get two drives to every one drive for the other quarterback. And they're kind of going to roll with the hot hand. That's, that's how I feel like that this game is about to play out. But I don't know. We could see a completely different scenario. How do you feel about Dan Mullen and the quarterback situation over there at Florida?
1: Oh, Dan Mullen. He has, <laughs> I mean, he's just being Dan Mullen with it. You know, same thing as Kirby. A lot of coach speak. Um, he hasn't committed to either quarterback yet, which I think is an issue. If you yeah. watched LSU and you've watched most of the quarterback play this season, Anthony is clearly the better option. Um, And I'm someone who's been on the Emory Jones train. I liked Emory coming into this season. I thought he's done a decent job, um, like with the exception of LSU and a few mistakes here and there against Kentucky. He played well against Bama. But after watching that LSU game, there's no way that you can roll out Emory Jones starting in Jacksonville against one of the best defenses in college football ever. Um, it, because by the time you throw Anthony in there on the third drive, you're going to be down 14, zero. Right. And that's just not going to cut it. Um, Richardson's explosive. He could maybe make some explosive plays against that defense. Um, because I mean, not that there's a weak spot in that defense, but the secondary is probably weaker than the front seven, which isn't saying much since that front seven incredible. Um, but you can create some jump plays downfield, and Richardson does that, and Emery just really doesn't. Um, but, yeah, Mullen hasn't given anything. Yeah. If I had to guess, he's going to roll out Emery, and Richardson will play on the third drive, and then Emery will play a few drives, Anthony will play, and then by the second half, Richardson will be playing, like, the whole time, but it will be too late. That yeah. That's my prediction for how the quarterbacks shake out.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how he's played it out this whole season, I feel like, because by far and away, I feel like Anthony Richardson has just earned this job away from Emery Jones. I just, I don't understand Dan Mullen's lack oh, of commitment to him.
1: No one does. Um, <laughs> but like, that's the thing. This isn't a new phenomenon. Same thing happened with Felipe Franks and Kyle Trask. It took a Felipe injury to get a Heisman finalist into the game. Um, I saw someone on Twitter, I don't remember who it was, so I apologize, pointed out that he did the same thing at Mississippi State with Dak Prescott. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. um, just kind of who he is. He's loyal yeah. to these guys to a fault, and it's happened with Todd Grantham. It's happening with Emory now, um, and it's going to cost him it, – it's going to cost him this – it won't cost him this game because this game I don't think – comes down to that i think george is just too talented but it's cost some losses in the past um and it might cost him anthony richardson like if any of these rumors that he might transfer are true um which i haven't heard anything besides just like you know speculation um it definitely won't help if he's riding the bench to start the biggest game of the year um when he definitely feels like hey i've earned this um and everyone's telling him hey you've earned this but you're not going to start all right. that All right. can't look good or feel good like for AR um, and definitely won't help the
0: the transfer rumors. No, it, it won't. And, and that's for sure. It's, it's just been really interesting from an outsider's perspective, looking at that quarterback situation and, and sort of like Georgia dealing with their own quarterback situation, obviously that situation in Georgia is a little bit more injury oriented rather than performance oriented, but but still kind of a weird spot for both programs in terms of that quarterback position. And and I want to sort of switch to defense here. Obviously we know how good Georgia's defense is. It's one of, like you said, one of the most historical college football defenses we've seen in a long time. Um, But for Florida, I mentioned this, that they're very good at getting to the quarterback. Is there any sort of, game plan, or or I say keys to the game in terms of disrupting the Georgia offense to possibly keep themselves in it?
1: I mean, yeah, I think it's what you said already. It's getting to the quarterback. Um, Zachary Carter is third in the SEC in sacks this season with six. Um, He is a guy that coming into the season, people had a lot of expectations for him and, and former Bulldog Brenton Cox, who I talked up a lot at the start of the season. He hasn't been Super effective, but he's getting the pressure. He's just not finishing on those sacks. Um, so if both of them can show up and like rattle Stetson Bennett, get him out of his comfort zone a little bit um, and really just contain him to the pocket, I think is a big thing. Um, Brent Cox talked with UF media yesterday about that. Uh, Cause obviously he was at Georgia. He's seen this offense and this defense up, up close Um, He's like, yeah, Stetson's really fast, really athletic guy. Um, And then he said, but if we keep him in the pocket, we should be okay. Um, So I think if you force him to be one dimensional and he can't use his legs, I think that'll be huge. Um, And you're not going to stop this rushing offense. That's my biggest concern, especially after how the rushing defense looked for Florida against LSU. Cause that wasn't a big issue. Like coming into that LSU game, they've been pretty good against Bama. They were, Decent against Chris Robinson in Kentucky. Um, but then that LSU game happened. So yeah. hopefully for Florida fans, that LSU game was an exception rather than a rule. Um, Cause if not, Georgia's just going to run all over them. So yeah, I'd say getting pressure on the quarterback um, and really just rattling Stetson Bennett and keeping him in the pocket, forcing him to be a pocket passer. Um, if Florida does that,
0: then, you know, who knows? Right. I, I, I look at that LSU game in terms of rushing and the Georgia fan in me kind of smiles because even though we haven't had one single singular rusher that has like statistically been impressive this year, although I think Zamir White has kind of taken a next step as the, the starting running back role for Georgia, Georgia is really good at running by committee um, yeah. and they will have, three or four guys have over 50 yards in rushing. Uh, I mean in recent games against Kentucky, Arkansas, all these high profile sec matchups, they've had over 200 yards rushing. Uh, And I think if, you know, they do that against Florida, they should win by three touchdowns. Uh, -hmm. like if they're able to run the ball, it's going to set up play action for, for the quarterback very well. Uh, And I think they're able to just do what they want on offense because I, like, like I said, uh, the Florida defense, while it may be good at getting the quarterback, it's, it's still got flaws in it's secondary and it's uh, now looks like it's run defense, but who knows if that's an exception or not. So
1: it'll, uh, it'll help that Kyrie Elam is back fully healthy. Um, That'll be huge for that secondary, but it's been the same thing all the season outside of him. It's just a lot of unproven guys, um, especially at that cornerback position and Georgia has talent out there. They're really deep at receiver and at tight end. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Florida handles that passing attack need to get pressure on Bennett or Daniels,
0: both. And they're the one guy I do hope the Bulldogs neutralize this weekend is Brenton Cox because that is the last person Georgia fans want to be hearing get his name called on TV. Uh, Here's Brenton Cox with his second sack, third sack of the day. If that happens then we're in trouble because uh if the florida defensive line front seven is able to get pressure then then i think stetson is in for a long day or it could be jt by the end of the day who knows i I have no idea how this quarterback situation is going to play out michael in your mind who do you think is the x factor for florida and how do they pull an upset this weekend i don't know how they pull an upset i'll I'll think (laughs) about that one
1: while i talk about the x factor um for me, it comes down to – I'll give an offensive and a defensive one. Defense, I think it's Brenton Cox. Um, he was – like I said before, he was a guy that I had a lot of hopes for coming into this season. He hasn't totally um, lived up to those expectations and those hopes so far. Um, he's getting pressure. He's just not finishing on those sacks, uh, which happens. You know, sacks are kind of a fickle stat sometimes. But if he can – get to Bennett slash Daniels a few times, um, take some pressure off of Zach Carter, who's been like the number one pass rusher and open up ability for Zach to get to the quarterback. That's going to be huge. So I'm going to go Brent Cox on defense. On offense, I'm going to go Jacob Copeland. Um, obviously Florida's number one wide receiver coming into this year. He had all of the expectations for, for wideouts, wideouts, um, especially after last year where you had, Kadarius Toney, Trayvon Grimes, Kyle Pitts, like just putting up all these monster stats. Copeland's kind of disappeared. He really hasn't done much this year at all, Um, despite wearing, he's wearing the number one jersey, which is like the whole big, you know, Florida wide receivers wearing number one, Percy Harvin, Kadarius Toney. It's a sign of leadership and he hasn't really shown up. Um, The last few weeks though, you're starting to see a little bit more. He had 80 yards against, um not against against vandy i believe he had like 60 or 70 and a touchdown against lsu um so he's starting to figure it out some he needs to show up he needs he needs a blow-up game in the worst way like i'm talking buck 50 a touchdown or two um because if he doesn't i don't think this passing game gets going i really don't um They have some other guys there. Trent Whittemore has been a nice surprise. Justin Shorter, Rick Wells, but they need their number one. They need their leader to have a, to have a day against this Georgia secondary to have any shot Um, to pull an upset. You're going to need a lot of luck. Like you're going to, you're going to need to win the turnover battle by at least two, maybe even three Um, force a defensive or special teams touchdown, pull out the trick plays, you know, Mullen, If he does one thing well, it's calling plays pretty well. He's done a few trick plays this season with some wide receiver passes from Trent Whittemore, who's two for two on the year. Got to be the best um, QB rating of all time. Um, You know, Florida fans were calling for Whittemore to start at quarterback instead of Anthony or Emory at one point. Um, You're going to have to just pull out all of the stops, hopefully win the turnover battle by at least two or three, get a defensive or special teams touchdown, rattle and Bennett, keep him in the pocket, um, and then maybe you can eke by by a field goal. But all of those things have to come together. has to be perfect conditions. Honestly, I don't think you can create a turnover for Florida. I don't think you can have one. Um, you have to play a perfect game, and then maybe you have a shot. The wow. issue is I don't know if they can do that. Yeah. Um, I will say they didn't have a single penalty against LSU, which is huge for this team because coming into that game they had they didn't have a game all season with less than 50 penalty yards. So mm-hmm. if they can continue that into Georgia and play smart, sound defense and offense and not shoot themselves in the foot, then this game can definitely be competitive.
0: Yeah, I I think it's it's telling when you have a laundry list of items that they have to do to get the job done. You I mean, yeah. you have you have to Open up the playbook. You have to have your wide receiver one go for a buck 50 and two touchdowns. You have to have no turnovers, but create like three turnovers. Yeah. And then you have to get like a special teams or defensive touchdown. It, it, has, that to, kind of it
1: has to be a perfect game. It yeah. has to be a perfect game. You, you, nothing less than
0: 100% perfection will do the job. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we've seen a lot of chaos this year in college football. And so maybe lightning strikes in Jacksonville for Florida. And and maybe we see an upset and and the number one team goes down. I don't know that I see that at at all. I like the way I've looked at this game for the past two weeks now, especially after they lost to LSU. um, Georgia's just head and shoulders, the best team in the nation, and they've shown it in every single game so far. Yeah, they they haven't slept through a game yet. And by far and away, they will not be sleeping through this game, especially after losing to the Gators last year. And and if there's one thing Kirby knows how to do, it's it's get his team up to play a game against a team that may not even have be having a good season. I I, there's really nothing you can say other than, yeah, you're playing Florida to get this team up uh, because they're going to want to come to play and probably beat the Gators by three touchdowns or more yeah and And I see it happening (laughs) yeah
1: again it's it's Florida Georgia these games are always weird um but the last time Georgia was number one 1942 and they won 75 to zero I think I said that last week I see that as a more likely outcome than Florida winning yeah Um, it's just the the odds are so insurmountable at least they appear to be
0: and it's it's interesting to me because Vegas has Georgia as only a fourteen point favorite, but I yeah. see that as like kind of low. Mm-hmm. I I think I my staff prediction for the Red and Black this week was Georgia wins thirty five to ten. I think Florida is able to score their points in the first half, and then yeah. you know the Georgia defense is able to readjust and, and possibly pitch a shutout in the second half against this Florida team. Uh, and I think there's a, a thirty five point. Georgia offensive game is is easily manageable that that's five touchdown drives you just as long as they're moving the ball efficiently not creating mistakes then they can get 35 points like it's nothing Uh, and so at the end of the day I think no no team has been able to score more than 13 points on Georgia Uh, and I don't think Florida has the offense to do it uh, against this Georgia defense because like We've said before, Florida's strength this year has been sort of their running game. They haven't gotten their passing game going as well. And, and Georgia's best strength on defense is stopping the run with Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Like uh their strengths um play into Florida's strength. So it's it's gonna be really, really interesting to see. I
1: I yeah, I agree. Um when talking to Stuart today, I think I said 34 to 14 yeah georgia like it's going to be three touchdowns in my opinion i do think 14 is too low um because this is like if you just look at it take away the names georgia and florida it's a it's the number one team in the country versus an unranked sec team right like that's just how it is a team that's barely hovering above 500 who just lost to another unranked team who just fired their coach after the win yeah. Um, yeah. if Florida wasn't called Florida and it was just a random, random name on that, on that helmet, I think this is a 20 point spread. Um, but you know, Florida Georgia games are weird, man. I've, I've yeah. been saying it. Um, but yeah, I think 34 to 14, like you said, I think Florida comes out like fired up, ready to go. Um, maybe like keeps it close in the first quarter first, like half ish. Um, but Georgia's just too good they'll pull away it'll end up being a blowout um, which pains me to say a little bit uh the florida fan in me but the objective big j journalist i have to say yeah georgia by by 20 or 21
0: yeah i i couldn't agree with you more on that because you know as a georgia fan i agree with that but also as a journalist you just look at on paper georgia's the better team and and they have been in every single game this season i keep showing it um So, yeah, I, I look forward to that. I'll be in the the stadium as a student. So I'm going to be going full Georgia fan on that. But I know Michael will be covering the game. So he will be looking at it from an unbiased perspective.
1: Yeah, I can bring I can bring the objectivity next week. You just tell your whole Florida Georgia experience as a fan.
0: Yeah, I'll be I'll be doing the Go Dogs thing in Jacksonville. So so that's how how it'll be. Uh, Other than this game in Jacksonville, you know, there's there's the Missouri Vanderbilt game, Kentucky Mississippi State, but there's one more like decent SEC game, and it's Ole Miss and Auburn. Um, Auburn is a team that has somehow stuck around in this SEC West so far. Only has two losses, one of them being to Georgia, Uh, and this is potentially a game to decide who comes in second in the sec West. So I am curious to hear who you think has the advantage in this game and and who comes out on top.
1: Um, I think it's Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss has the advantage. Um, They're only a three point favorite, which is kind of surprising. I would have expected that to be closer to a touchdown. Um, But I think Ole Miss is too good offensively. Um, Like Matt didn't even have to do much like last week and they still put up a lot of points. He's got almost 500 yards rushing as a quarterback. Like he's two-dimensional um, Lane Kiffin, obviously just very fun. Um, actually, I'm looking now the ESPN, like FPI matchup predictor has Auburn with a 59% chance to win this game and only wow. a 42% chance for old Miss. That's shocking wow. to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why that is. Um, I, I, if I, I'm just looking at it, at least just looking at it from, Purely the quarterback perspective, Matt Corral is heads and shoulders above Bo Nix. Right. Um, who only has two interceptions this year. I didn't realize that. Um, huh? that. That that kind of blew my mind a little bit. But I don't think Bo Nix is a good quarterback. We've talked about that many times before. No. Um, I'm going to go old Miss by a touchdown.
0: Yeah, that that is kind of shocking to me. I, I think, you know, the spread I feel like has to do with the fact that it's at Auburn, uh, Auburn is going to have a rowdy crowd and they'll be into this game because obviously it has pretty big implications for the SEC. I mean, if Auburn comes out and wins this game and, and wins out up until the Alabama game, that, that Alabama game is, is to decide the SEC West, which yeah. would be very interesting to see with Brian Harson in his first year. Um, but like you said, I, I just, we've been on the lane train all season and I I just view this Ole Miss team as something that we haven't seen in Mississippi before. Uh, uh, and I am all aboard for Matt Corral for Heisman. I mean, he's thrown 15 touchdowns halfway through the season, almost 2000 yards. Um, and I think the uh, Ole Miss running game as a whole is better than Auburn's running game with Tank Bixby because they have more running backs to throw at you, um, Tank Bigsby. If you neutralize him, I think you are doing a really good job because then you make Auburn really one-dimensional. And, and like we said, I don't think Bonix is the guy you really want as the quarterback in a one-dimensional offense. Um, it what comes down to it, I, I really think you know, is this Ole Miss defense truly serviceable? Like we we've yeah. talked in the past about how bad Ole Miss defense was last year. Uh, you you come into this year and they've been playing significantly better from what they were last year, although that's that's not saying much. But will the Ole Miss defense be able to hold Auburn? I'm going to say under like 24 points because if they do that, they will be able to win this game in my mind um, because the Ole Miss defense against Auburn should be able to score around 31 to 35, if not more, <laughs> um so it it comes down to Ole Miss's defense and being able to stop Auburn and I I I just I'm not sure how I feel about that yet
1: yeah I think it'll be a close game um (laughs) because Ole Miss defense is better than last year but like not by much (laughs) um definitely not as good as some people Ruby thought they were gonna be yeah um so you know it'll be a fun game to watch um or to read about the next day since i'll be like at florida georgia but um that game's at seven o'clock so you know florida georgia ends turn on some old miss auburn to to calm you down after after florida pulls off the upset of the century
0: yeah you know I won't have time being calmed down after this Georgia Florida game, because right after the Georgia Florida game, I'm going back to my hotel room to watch the Atlanta Braves take on the Houston Astros in the world series. So my entire evening is just booked and it's stress. It's all stress all, all night long. Just on your
1: calendar. It's just like stress. Just one word.
0: Anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, Stress. Yes. And we're recording this after the game one win. So like, Great for the Braves to take game one, but this series is far from over. I'm very nervous for how the rest of this thing plays out. Um, but yeah, that's that's how my weekend looks. So I'm I'm probably just gonna be reading about Ole Miss Auburn afterwards. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll we'll get the, the spark notes t- for that to you next week. But but yeah, that's this week in SEC football. I mean, not a whole lot of matchups outside of Georgia, Florida, and, and this Florida, Georgia, Florida. Georgia. Uh, Georgia, Florida, Georgia, Florida, Florida Georgia. It's okay.
1: okay. It's a common mistake. Okay, which letter comes first in the alphabet? A. Tell me
0: that. A, F. It's F.
1: <laughs> it, is, it is F. So alphabetical. Florida. Listen. Georgia.
0: Listen. Okay. How about this? We'll, we'll wait. We'll wager this much. We'll wager this much because I know. We know that Georgia is going to blow out. So so we're going to wager we should, this.
1: Much. We should wager something like maybe around the spread because I'm not betting Florida wins. Hey,
0: listen, I'm that's doing. fair. That's fair. I was going to say spread. We're going to take the spread as it is, 14 points. It's it's 14 points in Vegas. If Georgia covers, you have to admit that it's Georgia-Florida and and that Georgia comes first in this matchup. If Florida is able to cover the spread, I will admit that Dan Mullen is not a clown and that Florida, it's Florida-Georgia. It's not Georgia-Florida. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, that what are you hurts. gonna do now, Michael?
1: That hurts. That yeah. hurts me. Um, because it's Florida, Georgia. But okay, I'll take that. I'll take All that right. bet. They now, gotta cover even, the fourteen. even though I predicted Florida to lose by 20.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they gotta cover the
1: spread. my prediction 34 to 17. No, there you 34, go. 34 to 20.
0: There we go. Okay, there you go. That that will be cover, perfect for cover you that next spread. week. You'll be cover like that spread gators. Yeah, we'll we'll see if that works out, but yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting this week. Obviously we have the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. So be sure to tune into CBS at three 30 for that. Uh, and then, you know, come back next week when we, we talk all about Georgia beating down Florida, because we, we all know what's going to happen. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, Listen, yeah.
1: I would like to talk trash in response, but, but I can't because it's just kind of. Can't. It's just it's kind one of, of how seasons. it is. It's just kind of how the season's gone for Florida.
0: It's one of those seasons, man. And, and that's okay. That's okay. You know, there's been some crazy moments in this rivalry, so maybe we'll see another edition. I hope not. I really hope not. Uh, I, I hope we do. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, if Florida somehow pulls off that upset, I mean, it's gotta be one of the biggest upsets in recent college football history if that happens it'll definitely Um, be
0: the biggest in like rivalry history at least in recent memory because i i can't think of a time where an unranked florida team or even unranked georgia team would beat like a top-ranked florida team or georgia team like that so
1: yeah i mean the first time that a team's been top ranked since 2009 which was florida with tim tebow um it'll be a lot of fun i'm really excited for it um yeah, it'll 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 be something.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, Michael will be covering that game in Jacksonville. So, Michael, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter to, to follow game updates.
1: Yes. So if you live under a rock and don't have a TV that you can't watch the game, but you're still listening to this podcast. So I don't know how that works. Um, my Twitter is at Michael underscore Hall thirty three. I'll be in Jacksonville. I'll be tweeting game updates. Um, also make sure to follow the alligator and alligator sports on Twitter. Um, we're covering everything from football, basketball, women's basketball, baseball, whatever basketball, starting up here in a few weeks. Mike white has about a million transfers. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, the alligator got you covered for everything you could want. Gator sports. I've got you covered for this Saturday. I've got you covered for, the next day, when the Jaguars take on the Seahawks and Geno Smith in Seattle, um, I'm way too Jack. confident. I think I think the Jaguars will win that game. Oh Boy, uh, <laughs> someone needs someone needs to talk me down from that. <laughs> I'm confident this early in the week, but yeah. um yeah, and then some Orlando Magic content in there too, since that season's starting up. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, there you go. I your Jaguars take is a little hot this week. It's a little hot. I, I mean, I don't think it is. The Seahawks aren't great this year. They're, they're not. They're, they're not. one
1: of the worst teams in football without Russell Wilson. It's true. It's true. I'll, I'll stand by that take. But the um, Jaguars aren't good either. No, the Jaguars are also one of the worst teams <laughs> yeah. in football. At least they have an advantage at quarterback now.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know if you watched that Monday night football game, but it was one of the worst games I've ever watched. It, Both teams it, looked terrible the Seahawks only mustered up 10 points yeah. and I think the Jack Wars can win. I really do. I'm well, really scared of myself. I don't know why I think this. <laughs> I hate having these expectations and these, I hope up.
0: you're right. I hope you're right.
1: <laughs> They're just going to bum me out on Halloween. Like, yeah. like That's just what's going to
0: happen. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. And, and, you know, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Duffy and there's going to be a lot of tweets. I mean, I've already tweeted like, probably a thousand times about this world series. The fact that the Braves were an 88 team or 88 win team and are playing in the world series, they, they shouldn't be there, but, but, you know, they're there and they're up one, nothing. Um, so some crazy things happening in Atlanta sports, Twitter world. So you can follow me for that. Obviously follow me for, for some red and black coverage. I, I've got a few stories that I'm working on that are going to be coming out uh, very soon Uh, and follow at red black sports for all of your sports needs from the university of Georgia. Like Michael said, the, the alligator covers all of uh, Florida sports. The red and black does the same for Georgia. Uh, We have basketball. We have all those sports coming out. Although basketball, we are picked last in the sec by the media and we are not going to be good. Um, So it's going to be a fun season there. At least we go from like the high of being the best team in football to our basketball season. It's not, not a mix of, in the middle, so um. yeah,
1: Florida's gonna be in the mix of middle for both of them. Um, they could basketball. Obviously, this is a football podcast, but I think they could sneak into the top 25 by season end. They have a lot of talent on that team. It's funny. I was talking about this with um Brandon Carroll, who write, who writes for um Sports Illustrated, like Florida's Gator Sports Illustrated, um, earlier today, and he was like, Yeah. Dan Mullen and Mike White are kind of inverse coaches of each other. Mullen <laughs> is a really good in-game coach and not a great recruiter. Mike Wright is an incredible recruiter and a really bad in-game coach. So if we just combine them somehow, Florida sports would be unstoppable.
0: There you go. Uh, you just got to get like a fusion coach of Dan Mullen, Mike White, and, and let, exactly. let it happen. Let them coach both sports, honestly. Dan, Dan White. Yeah, just, Dan just White.
1: Get Dan White, and it's a wrap.
0: There you go. And Florida's on top in like every every major sport possible, which is not what I want to see. But it's okay. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, like I said, follow Red Black Sports. Uh, uh, we got some incredible content, amazing writers. Uh, so definitely follow them. Support student journalism and follow at Student Media Twenty Five. This this podcast is pre- presented by the College Football Student Media Poll. We've got some amazing journalists on the poll. We we rank the top twenty five teams every week, and we are starting a men's and women's basketball poll in the the near future since that season starting up so be sure to follow for that um some very exciting things going on at the poll so make sure you you follow also all of the the student journalists that take a part of that so very awesome stuff and obviously we will come back next week with your updated results on this georgia florida game be sure to follow the Student Section podcast and come back next week for some more SEC football content. See you guys.
1: Yeah.